A big thank you to our sponsor, iFixit, who fights for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She'll teach you how to make it all alright. Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury, and I'm the trans handy ma'am. My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY. We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in a DIY space. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. I am so excited to answer all your questions today about your home repair and life in general. And as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Maggie Conrad. Hello. Hey, Maggie, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I am stoked for today. I'm really excited that we get to answer all the questions and do all the things. And my book is coming out so soon. <laughs> 20 days 20 before days. the first event. I mean, as of we're recording right now, it's 20 days. But yeah. when this episode comes out, it oh, is okay. like a, a less two than two weeks. Yeah. Less than two weeks to come out. Absolutely nuts. My book comes out on August 22nd. It's called Safe and Sound. Uh renter's friendly guide to home repair i'm so excited about this book and about helping as many people as possible and then on august 21st is our very first actual book signing event Mm -hmm. and then we start a four-month journey of me going to 52 cities in america uh (laughs) to promote the book but also to meet people and help bookstores across the country Mm -hmm. i cannot wait so without further ado do maggie are you ready to pull up those sleeves you're not wearing sleeves and are you ready (laughs) ready? like mini sleeves i'm ready to roll are you ready to cut those (laughs) mini sleeves off (laughs) and show those muscles and then answer some cues. You ready, Maggie? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, Mercury and Maggie. My name is Jess. My pronouns are she, her. I live in Oregon. We bought a house about four years ago, and we've kind of been doing one project per year. One year was a new window, one year a water heater, so on. The house was built in the 70s, and I think it's changed hands every few years. So no one really ever took care of it as their forever home. So when Mercury talks about homes having generational trauma. I really connected with that as we live with the decisions of I don't even know how many past owners. So my actual question is our kitchen has some pretty awful peel and stick flooring that's starting to peel up and also the wall around the back door appears to be kind of crumbling apart. I'll send pictures of both, and I'm wondering what your opinion is on what is the most pressing project and what can wait another year or so. We don't have a cat, but I'll send you a picture of my dog for maybe some partial credit. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Um, This is Jess. Oh, wow. What a great question out of the gate. I love when I can tell when someone's been a listener for a while, (laughs) when they say things that I say all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things being generational trauma with old homes. If you're a first-time listener and you don't quite know what they're referring to, I believe very strongly that homes take on Mm -hmm. characteristics of each single homeowner, right? Every single decision, every single bad decision, every single good decision. 
regardless of what it is, that gets passed down from person to person to person to person who owns it or lives in it, the home, mm-hmm. right? And I think that uh, generational trauma gets uh, like just thrusted onto these homes. And then the current homeowner is now left with like 80, 90 years of decisions from yeah. other people and how we are going to handle it. Now, the the main question we got here, we have peel and stick flooring or is that tile? I forgot it's, already. <laughs> it's flooring. It okay. looks like it might be vinyl. It is vinyl. Yeah. That is vinyl. And then the wonderful wall that's just absolutely peeling right off of the plaster or drywall. I think that's plaster from what I can tell from all of it. It just looks like wallpaper almost the mm-hmm. way that it's feeling. It must be drywall. Okay. Well, hey, here's the thing. What do you do first? That's the question we're going to answer. Do you mess with the flooring that's peeling up or do you mess with the wall that's peeling up? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, from what I can tell right now, I think the thing that's going to drive you nuts more than anything is that floor. I I really do. I think that's going to start peeling up even more and driving you bonkers. I think you could get a bucket of joint compound rip as much of that stuff off the wall, put at least a thin layer of a skim coat on the wall with some mud, and you'll be good. That's $8, mm-hmm. you know? Now, with a peel and stick, though, with that that flooring that's on the floor, that's a little bit more expensive. You're going to have a lot more of a investment in that. So I think that I would peel it up and try to put down something else. That would be my hot take. Maggie, what do you think about this as an actual homeowner and what your what's your input? Yeah, my first thought with the door is what moisture is getting in there and yep. does that need to be remedied first? Because it can just get a lot worse if there's some weathering or water coming through to create that peeling. Okay, so you think it's the door because of the moisture and the peeling that's happening. Yeah, because, I mean, yes, it could be a cosmetic fix, but it's the wall right uh, that abuts the trim of the door. So my thinking is that trim is leaking and there's Mm. some water getting in there that's creating that separation. Yeah, that's an interesting route that you're taking. I'm taking the route that... Uh, I guess that could be it, but then that's or at replacing, least I would want to look at. But that. to me, that's replacing the whole jam. Then yeah, that's replacing the whole door jam, and that's a much bigger job. Yeah. I think you could try the joint compound and mm-hmm. see what happens mm-hmm. in six months. And right. if that does not do well, well, then you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I guess like I would I at least want to know. You know, not necessarily be the first fix, yeah. but that would be the first thing that I would look at. Is there well, like after a rain? Do you notice moisture or, like, does it feel soft or wet? That's really a solid point. I like that idea. I would say for me, I would say a a skim coat of mud is not going to hurt you, right? It's not going to... It's not going to make your life harder if you when you decide to replace the door jam. It isn't going to necessarily be more work. It's just... Throwing it on there so you don't have as much to look at. And, Mm. you know, like Mm -hmm. to me, I think there's a lot to be said about cosmetic things driving you nuts to the point where it freezes you. Yeah. And I think that the way that I would view this, Maggie, I would rip off the drywall, the painting, all the paint that's peeling. I would rip that all off. I would sand it down and just mud it. Because that, to me, is progress in the right direction. Sure. And yeah. as far as the flooring, that's an actual really big job. You can yeah. take you. What you could do if you really want the floor to just stay it is right now. You peel up the parts that are peeling up, and you put like 
compression adhesive that the more you walk on it, the more it actually mm-hmm. adheres to it. Flooring adhesive, essentially. You put that underneath it, that will also get you a little bit farther than not. But eventually, yeah. you are going to need to peel it up. Eventually, that's going to have to happen anyways. Or you could do what the contractor at my old house did and just tile over it. <laughs> oh, just tile right over it. Yeah. Just they say- were concerned about asbestos being under there. And so we had to make a decision of do we tear it out and remedy the asbestos because it was an old house yeah or do we just go over it so so they they're... made the decision for us we walked in we were like oh so that's what we're going with yeah well, <laughs> so it's not that i would recommend that <laughs> but i also i mean that's the thing that drives me nuts if we are at that yeah. era where we have to just cover up asbestos but mm-hmm. then we're still living with that asbestos yeah but so are a lot of people like you are not alone yeah if you are living with asbestos in some shape or form anyways that would be my hot take. Did I miss anything here? I think we covered a lot of it. I, I'm saying floor with a skim coat of the door. Maggie's saying probably the door still, and then the floor will be there sometime next year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I would. That's what I would personally do. Okay. But I also so, see your perspective, and so it's really. So I think this is really a, a, a personal take here. Yeah. I think both are pressing. I really do. I mm-hmm. think that. Here's the thing, you know, with Maggie's point of it being, you know, maybe that door is rotting, blah, 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 blah. You know, I think when you peel up that flooring, you might not get the answers you want either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Each just one saying. could have hidden secrets behind yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, that, and whenever you're doing any type of renovation, especially in older yeah. homes, yeah. you know, you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit. You're like, hey, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be a great weekend project. No, it won't. It'll be. Uh, <laughs> There's always more to it than uh, what you can see. <laughs> I have I have spoken to many Victorian homeowners uh, yeah. over the years. We've been graced enough with their presence here on the platform and also just in person and the thing that i hear the most from them is that oh yeah i know that weekend renovation i was going to do i've been doing for five (laughs) years five years (laughs) that's how it goes because like one thing will go wrong and then all of a sudden you realize you got to spend four thousand dollars on that and then you do that and then you realize you got to spend another they'll nickel and dime you yeah and these projects can get out of hand really fast so i've been there i I, yeah for real (laughs) so never go into a project thinking it's going to end by sunday morning or sunday night don't don't do that to yourself the psychologically that just devastates you so i would say always always assume that you are going to be doing a project for a month minimal and plan that out and financially and all the things. And mm-hmm. that will protect you psychologically. And if it goes worse each week that you're working on it, you can kind of adjust that timeline yeah. and, get, and be fair to yourself. Don't don't rush this stuff. You got to eat, drink a lot of water and eat your three balanced meals. You know? <laughs> Plan for the worst, but hope for the best. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I think that was a good answer. Yeah. I feel pretty good about that. (laughs) I think we're going to go to the next question. This is from Anna. She, her. I really hope you get a chance to read this. I've been a TikTok follower of yours for almost two years now and have honestly loved your content. I love that your videos empower us renters to making repairs around our house instead of relying on others. I'm reaching out to see if you could help my husband and I. We are renting our apartment right now, and it's been so frustrating dealing with unresponsive landlords. Our biggest issue is our bathtub drain. It has been stopped up for over a year, and we can't get anyone in to come and take a look. I know you don't like it, but my husband and I have tried everything. Handheld drain snakes, tub plungers, hot water, vinegar, 
baking soda, even Drano won't work. We've cleaned out the drain of any hair or yucky things and have made sure the interior drain stopper was still attached to the metal hook. But our tub is still not draining fast. Can you please help us or even give us a new tip to use? I'm definitely going to try to pre-order your book just to keep it on hand so we can figure things out ourselves while also supporting one of my favorite creators. Any and all help would be appreciated. Thanks again, Anna. Well, Anna, I'm going to say first and foremost, you put in there that I know you don't like it. And then you said all the things. <laughs> I'm going to just throw this out there. Uh, I'm never going to judge anyone for yeah. doing what they have to do to do. You know, like for sure. when you're desperate and you're in a bad place, Anna, you're going to do everything. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, when I tell people that stay away from chemical drain cleaners, what I'm trying to tell them is, please don't do that first. Right. Please don't yeah. do that first. There's so many other options. Or don't... only. Yes. It, but there's a lot of good reasons why chemical drain cleaners would be the ones you would go. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, Anna, I'm just going to go through all the things, okay? I know you've done all of them, but maybe there's something here and a combination of things here that I'm going to go through that you may not have caught. And maybe that will help, okay? So, Anna, I know you said you used chemicals. Did you use 100% pure lye products? And when I say lye, I mean L-Y-E. Now, the right. reason why we bring it up is because you mentioned hair clogs, right? Lye will burn through that a lot quicker than that. Now, if, not all of these chemical drain cleaners are equated equally. They're all different. They're all different of all different kinds. So, I mean, you you know, your your liquid fire, your liquid heat rather, and your Drano are two completely different types of products. Your green gobbler is different. Mm-hmm. You know, all that kind of stuff is different. 100% pure lies different. All that stuff is really important to understand. So, I would start with Thrift 100% pure lie is the brand and the kind of drain cleaner I would start with. For your specific problem. Now, what you do is you pour down this powder-based thing, crystallized substance, and then you run water and that chemical reaction with the water and all that will Mm -hmm. then help to, you know, dissolve the hair. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to 100% work, okay? But it might be a, a good route to go if you're having this much problem. Now, I'm assuming you use Drano. I'm assuming you use Drano, probably use liquid heat. If that didn't work, the, the lie might work in that instance, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, uh, Drano is, like, what everyone always goes to. Drano is really good to clean your drains. Mm-hmm. It's pretty shit when I suppose to clear <laughs> your drain, okay? There's one letter difference, but boy, it makes a huge difference, you know? <laughs> uh, it will clear your drain. ain't going to clean. It's going to clean your drain, but it ain't going to clear your drain, okay? Right. Even I got confused there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's my... That my thing now if you're just tuning in for the first time and you don't know what i'm talking about and you're like well i use these drain cleaners all the time i don't have a problem what happens is that they loosen up your clogs mm-hmm. and they make mega clogs that's the biggest gripe i have against them i also think that if you use draino all the time and you have cast iron pipes or any type of older piping you might have problems where it burns through i mean right. if you if you talk to a plumber who's been doing this for 40 plus years and if they've been working with cast iron pipes they will tell you right now they've seen big ass holes mm-hmm. you know created by draino and other products like that that just sit in one spot and burn through it because no one flushes water down afterwards right, right? so those are the things to keep in mind now all of that being said, I'm assuming you also did the plunger technique, right? They said they used uh, 
hand snake. They used a hand snake? They didn't say anything about hand a plunge. Handheld drain snake. Okay, handheld. And a tub plunger. Okay, now a handheld drain snake, that could be, you know, a skinny drain cleaner, the one yeah. we recommend. Or I would recommend a pistol grip mm-hmm. hand auger. Now, a pistol grip hand auger is great because they're affordable, right? They're about... 15 to $30 on average, and they can be attached to your drill. Right. A 12-volt, a 24-volt, it does not matter. They can attach to the drill. They have a little bit in the back of it that can be connected, and then you can run it like it's a power auger. Now, it's not necessarily the best in that rail, but it does do a pretty good job. Now, if you're going through the main drain, mm-hmm. I would say you don't. Go through the overflow if you got one. You probably got an overflow drain. Go through that. You're going to find more luck going through your overflow drain than you are going to go through the main line. The reason why I say that is because there's a whole lot of bends. There's a whole lot of things that will turn and shift. And I'm a pretty big fan of just bypassing that and going straight down to your overflow. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, one last tidbit on that wonderful pistol grip hand auger, right? Is you take the tip and bend it at a 45 degree angle. Now, I want the first inch at a 45 degree angle. I say this all the time. It's super duper duper important. Mm -hmm. It will make your life a living hack if you don't do this. Absolutely bend the tip at a 45 degree angle if you're someone who's doing DIY. Because you're not going to have the skill or the patience to be able to sit there and just keep hitting a corner without going down. But that... That little end, that little Mm -hmm. bend will turn when you're turning the auger and it will grab corners and elbows and pull itself down. Make it easier to get through those turns. As always, we are doing this live on TikTok right now. And there are always people who are giving great input during this. Someone just asked me what an overflow drain is. Mm -hmm. And I realize sometimes I, I overlook these things. So let me be more specific what an overflow. An overflow drain is approximately about a foot and a half, two feet above where the drain is, up on your tub, okay? It's like underneath the spout. It will look kind of like a circle thing, Mm -hmm. and then if you look underneath it, lay your head underneath that, you will see that there's no bottom to that cover. Right. And that is because when the water rises, it prevents your tub from overflowing, right? Hence, overflow drain, okay? And as it rises, it runs down in there. That overflow drain is connected to the drain itself. Mm-hmm. They're all connected. They go to the same home. Okay? They both live together. They're roommates. Okay? <laughs> and all you're doing is taking the cover off and mm-hmm. just throwing your pistol grip and hand auger down in there and just rotating it out. And, and that will do it. Sometimes that is where your drain stop is. The little switch that you flip to yeah, stop your drain. Your lever drain or yeah. whatever the specific kind. It's in the book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but all that being said, those are the routes I would take. Now, he- here's the thing. It, it seems like you've done this. I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go on a limb and say you say you have a hand auger. I'm gonna throw it out there. You probably already you've done this. If you're using one of those flat hand snakes, you know those ones that have like a metal strap to it, and they have like a like like they have a rivet at the very mm-hmm. end mm-hmm. that has like a little spiral. They look like a flat metal bar that's being rolled in. You know what I'm talking about, oh, Maggie? Sure. Yeah. 
You can throw those fuckers out and never use those ever again. Um, <laughs> if you think, if, if you're using that mm-hmm. as an auger, don't. The, 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 they're the biggest waste of money I've ever invested. Mm. I have two of them here at the shop so I can tell people not to use those damn things. Sure. And the reason why is because the way that they rotate down. Mm. So an auger or a skinny drain cleaner is all cable that's coiled. Mm-hmm. So when you're rotating it down, that coil grabs and, and it can go up the coil. With the snake, the hand snakes, those ones that are flat and you just kind of like turn on the side and it goes down, they're usually like $10. People go to them because they're cheap. But they only have like maybe an inch and a half of actual coiled wire there. Oh, sure. So to grab anything. They don't, they don't grab much. Yeah. And because they can't bend the tip at a 45 degree angle because the way it rotates... They're hard to get down. Yeah. They're so hard to get down a drain. So I, I hate those damn things. Mm-hmm. I think people, I've had people stitch me in videos and be like, I got the auger. It's not working. And then they'll pull up this flat one. <laughs> and I'm like, get that out of your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it away. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so if that's what you're doing, then I would avoid it. Mm-hmm. You know, the other question you're going to get is it, you know, what's the difference between a hand snake and a hand auger? And the thing is, nothing really. Uh, snakes tend to be thinner and augers tend to be a little bit thicker, but that's about it. There really mm-hmm. isn't much more of a difference. They're kind of used interchangeably. You are know? augers typically longer? Augers are typically longer and also thicker and also turn, mm-hmm. where snakes kind of go straight down typically and are thinner. But, you know, they're not necessarily the same, but everyone uses them as the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This is why I never call the corporate skinny drain cleaner. A snake, because mm-hmm. it is not, by the very definition, a snake. It might be thin like a snake, but it's technically not. It's a coiled wire, so right. it's innately different. Because snakes are thinner, yes. right? They're, they're thinner, and also, I, to be honest, I never, you never hear me say snake, yeah, because I don't want people to get confused and get mm-hmm. a snake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think drain augers are just more efficient, and honestly, people use the damn terminology interchangeably, anyways. So, okay, I. I've said all that. Mm -hmm. That's all good. Now I'm going to throw out another one, though, okay? I believe that if you're having a really hard time, there is a wonderful little product out there that is an electric drain auger Mm -hmm. that I've had a Mm -hmm. lot of good luck with, and it's about $75, maybe $90. And that might be really pricey, but this sounds like a heavy-hitting thing that you might want (laughs) to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... I wouldn't suggest this if you didn't seem like you were at the end of your rope, Anna. Okay? So I would say you can go and get you something called a, a polo drain auger, electric drain auger, and it's on Amazon. I think we'll put a link in my bio or something. Yeah, we're going to add it to the Amazon uh, on this episode. Storefront. On this episode, yeah, I think maybe we all might. Don't we already have that or no? Uh, I'll have to double check. I'll okay. make sure it's it's in the storefront. Yeah, make sure that make sure it is because it's not the best electric, you know, uh, snake in the world. I I have one of the best electric snakes in the world, and that's a cobalt electric snake. It's about it's a really expensive, two hundred and fifty dollars. I super duper love that damn thing. But it's heavy and bulky and hard to use. But the polo one is thinner, and it goes down, and it's much more flexible than a lot of other electric drain sinks. That may do the job. And, yep, there it is. Popolo. I say it wrong. I always say it wrong. 
But Matt just pulled it up for us. It's called Pop You Low. I was so far off, Matt. <laughs> you got the P and the O. Yeah, I got the P and the O, and that's about it. But it's P-O-P-U-L-O, electric drain auger. It's a flexible snake drain clog remover. 25-foot electric drain yeah, auger. Yeah, that one's $100. So this is why I like this one. This is P-O-P-U-L-O, electric drain auger. It's 25 feet long, as we talked about. You know, ironically, snake drain. It says it right there. (laughs) (laughs) But it's cordless. I love that. And it's a three-quarters of an inch to two-inch pipes. And that's going to be pretty goddamn good for you. That's going to fit most tubs and sinks. And that's why I recommend it. And as someone who's used that snake before, it's very flexible. It's very flexible, and that makes it a lot easier to use. And 25 feet is the max of length I would go. If you can't get it at that point, then I think you need to call in a professional, and we need to get your landlord to actually do something about it. That would be my hot take, okay? And and the last thing I will say is you can tell how bad the clog is. If you run the water and it takes a minute to two minutes It's pretty far down your drain. Mm -hmm. If you run the water and it almost immediately starts to clog and water starts Mm -hmm. rising up, well, then that's a pretty shallow clog somewhere. So that would be my hot take. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Those are all the things I say. You know, if those things don't work for you and you are having problems still, then that's a hard conversation with your landlord, and then you should look up your tenant resources somewhere mm-hmm. in town. Maggie, what's the name of the website that they can look up to see the tenant resources for themselves? Nolo.com, N-O-L-O. They have a lot of legal resources by state for tenants. I highly recommend looking into that, Anna, and I really hope the best for you, and I hope that you can clear it out. You know, And, and here's the thing. If you can't, in some states, in some states, you can pay a plumber to come over and to do the thing, and then you can charge your landlord. Now, that isn't every state. Mm-hmm. That is not every state, and you better have a bunch of stuff in writing before you do that kind of thing. Yeah. But that is something that could happen. Who knows? The book also has a resources chapter with links to uh, tenant resources in every state. Well, we are really promoting that book to heavy today. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All that I being, mean, it is coming out like three weeks. <laughs> all that being said, I think we're going to move on to the next question. Anna, I give you my best and I send you all my love. Let's hear the next question. This question is from Rose, pronouns she, her. Hello, my name is Rose. My pronouns are she, her. I appreciate all that you do and have given me the confidence to face maintenance stuff I thought I was impossible to do before. I'm a full-time mom to a special needs kiddo and my partner works roughly 50 million hours a week. So I'm on the hook to handle most home repair projects. I'm okay with it because I'm a badass, but I have an exterior door that I'm scared of. Straight up terrifying. I replaced the original 1956 door while seven months pregnant a few years ago (laughs) with a basic wooden door because the old door had a big single pane of glass and I was scared about break-ins. But being pregnant and swollen like a balloon, two feet the size of watermelons and exhausted, I only had the energy to put it in with a basic latch to lock. Think bathroom stall door type latch. The door has zero weatherproofing. There is a big gap around on three sides that you can see the sun through and feel the rain and ice through on stormy days. I think I need to replace it with a weatherproofed pre-hung door. Fucking terrifying. How do I measure? What do I measure? How do I handle the concrete wall the bottom half of the door is set into? 
Do I need to find a bunch of those little wooden shims I see carpenters level everything with? Where do I find a replacement door? I see them at Home Depot being circled by hairy dudes muttering about brick trim and mullions. Whatever the fuck those are. Help. <laughs> Thank you for any advice you can give me in my time of need. P.S. I'm including pictures of my fluffball cat named Nyx. She is a goddess on earth and we all bow before her. <laughs> okay. Well, first I of all. I love that storytelling. <laughs> I, I, wa I was already loving this. And then the cat came around. Beautiful Nick, black Nick's, cat. You know, first of all, you got to put that cat to work. That cat just feels like uh, that cat's a <laughs> deity who probably has skills beyond your imaginable dreams. Um, but all that being said, let me just say this right out of the gate. You were a fucking badass. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That is the, the fact that you know. So much about this already really makes me feel like this is going to turn out good. It really makes me feel like you got this. Let me give you some reassurance here. First and foremost, that door you got in the back, if this is a temporary thing and you want just extra security to that door, this is where I would throw in the Adalock. This is where I would throw in your strike plate, put in three-inch screws. I would, you know, put in some type of stopper underneath your door so when a door flies open or something, it, it's not going to, you know, it's going to help keep it in place and that kind of thing. And you can also put in temporary leather stripping right now mm -hmm. for like $15. That's not going to be bad. You can get that, you know, stick, sticky weather adhesive stuff right now that's going to work. Now, all of that being said, I think that this is what I would do. They actually have exterior door jams that you can get at every single hardware store in America, okay? Here's the thing, and here's my hot take on it. I don't know if that's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. uh, that door itself, that door frame, is all, it's probably going to be a unique size. Mm -hmm. And those all-together door jams and blah, 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 blah. It's going to be harder. So I'm going to send you on a Google search that is going to make you your head scratch, okay? I'm going to suggest this old house mm -hmm. the reason why i recommend this old house is because you need some visual aids okay this old house has specific series on doors and i've learned more from them than i've learned from any single other online person in the world okay so i highly recommend going on the youtube and typing in replacing a door or exterior door or and etc and you're going to find a, a lot more than what I can tell you on a podcast, okay? Now, here's my other take on it, okay? You got to make sure that all your hardware is also going to be friendly from the outdoors, mm -hmm. okay? Be really mindful of that. Everything you want to buy has to be exterior. Don't cut any corners with this, okay? And lastly... But certainly not least, if you need to, you can always cut down a door to fit the actual frame itself. Now, you say that you want to replace the whole frame itself. Uh, I can't remember. Is the frame itself rotting? Is that what? Yeah, they said there's holes and mm. you can see the rain, like the rain gets through. And the... Is that from the frame or is that from the door and, and, and not being, oh, okay, I can see it now. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that's going. That's going. Yeah, then you want to replace that whole thing. It does look like it's a pre-manufactured door, I will tell you that. Mm -hmm. But all that being said, if you can find a pre-manufactured exterior door, that would make things a little easier. But they're not that difficult to do yourself. I would say on a scale of 1 through 10, they're probably maybe a 7. Mm -hmm. And you seem like someone who's going to be pretty goddamn <laughs> good on this. So this old house is what I would recommend for, for your uh -huh. help. Yeah. 
we've done a couple of exterior doors ourselves and it you know definitely looking it up because you will want some shims to help make sure that the door is level because otherwise it won't shut properly yep you're going to want some foam insulation to to you know go in between the gaps and then you'll want some trim to cover you know the frame and where the hole is the holes around the door are also get yourself a door lift if yes. you're doing this all alone get yourself a door yeah. lift also commonly known as a door jack it is a little foot pedal thing that goes up and down yep. and it can hold the door up when you're doing all the work mm-hmm. highly recommend if you're doing this work alone yeah but i think mercury's right the the visual aids will help but it, it's it's doable and yeah. i think she can do it for sure yeah, she's, she's badass. Maggie really came in red hot with all of the installation and all the foam. Oh, that stuff is really important. But again, all that's going to definitely be in a visual aids from this old house. Yeah. And I recommend them because if you really like my style of teaching and you really like mm-hmm. how I communicate things, this old house is kind of like a warm hug. You're gonna be you're <laughs> gonna be in good hands. Okay, I hope that helps. I send you all my love, and you're gonna kick some major butt. Our last question here is from Sam, uh, pronoun she they. Hi, Mercury. I had a unique experience today where my partner may have loaded the dishwasher in a way that caused the upper spray arm to come off. In the moment, he thought he had broken it and was immediately crestfallen, thinking we would have to call maintenance and pay for the repair ourselves. Luckily, I looked closer and saw that it would snap back together without issue. But for that hot second, I felt so bad for my partner and all these unnecessary emotions they were going through. Do you have any advice on how to develop a better fix-it mentality? I want him to not feel discouraged as soon as something breaks. See you on TikTok. Love, Sam. That is one of my favorite questions I've ever been asked, Sam. First and foremost, if you've never been around things that broke and felt like you could fix it, it's a mentality that not everyone necessarily yeah, has. Yeah. The only reason why I have the mentality of like when something breaks, I'm like, oh boy, better better make this work. Um, <laughs> is because I grew up on a farm, right? Yeah. I grew up on a farm, and I grew up on a farm with a dad that was like, you better fucking make this work. You know, <laughs> it was it was trauma. It was trauma. Yeah. You know, and it was a trauma that made me. You know, I had to learn mechanisms in order to protect myself, but it was trauma. It sounds like, Sam, your partner may have similar routes. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. sounds like, you know, where I felt like my response is, I'm going to do this. Their response might be, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that does take a lot of processing yeah, and takes a lot of time to heal from. But I think you're on the right track, Sam. I, I think that you're already making a better nurturing home. Mm-hmm. You're letting them understand and see it. I also think for something like this, you, you probably couldn't have seen it coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Things break. You could never have seen it coming. But if we're talking about things that are preventative maintenance, you can see those things coming. You know, the back of your fridge, for example, you know, trying to clean the Mm -hmm. coils, Mm -hmm. right? Making sure that all the lint is out of your washer and dryer, or your dryer, rather, you know? Making sure that you're doing preventative maintenance in your sink drains, maybe using Drano to clean it out like we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was cleaning the filters from the AC. Those kind of things that get you going, that get you actively working in your homes maybe it's even changing all of the outlet covers Mm -hmm. and all the switch covers 
All those things are, it's like building a muscle. Yeah. There's something that happens when you put a screwdriver in your hand and you tell yourself you're capable. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to start by putting a new alternator in your car. <laughs> you can start by just, you know, chipping away at mm-hmm. this iceberg of emotions that are attached to this failure ideology, mm-hmm. right? That makes you feel like that, that if it, if something goes wrong and you're the cause of it or you're the, the initiation that starts all of it, then you're this awful person. You're not. You're not. This shit happens to every single mm-hmm. one of us. Even me as a professional, I break shit all the time. All the time. My spouse has a an ongoing joke that I might be the handyman, but I don't fix a damn thing in my own home. And they're <laughs> they're not wrong. They're not wrong. I don't. If it, if it ain't broke, I use it. Like, if it's broke, I will just find a way to use duct tape and, like, work around it, you know? God forbid I actually fix the thing, you know? But all of that being said, I think a lot can be done by... Just putting a screwdriver in your hand and trying to actively get ahead of things. Maybe maybe it's just cleaning the, the dishwasher mm-hmm. out you know, yourself, like cleaning it all around and make sure it's nice and, and spick and span. And those kind of things can really start making you notice things that might go wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you get a better idea and more aware of your surroundings in that way and connect with them in that way, it helps prepare you. Like, yeah. for an example... Take everything out of your kitchen cabinets. Take everything out of your kitchen cabinet and clean everything, mm-hmm. right? You may notice a crack or a missing cabinet latch, or you may notice a crack forming or a, or hinge, a loose screw or a hinge that needs to be loose. Yeah, all those stuff, all that stuff. And all of those things can be solved by baby stepping yourself into it rather than mm-hmm. feeling like it's a lost cost before you even, if it even happens. So yeah. I think being more aware of your surroundings by giving yourself a fighting chance and by actively becoming more commutative with your home, be it from, you know, doing things like changing out your, your covers on your outlets or labeling all the electrical mm-hmm. breakers in your panel. All those things can do a lot in making you feel more comfortable. But at the end of the day, if you have a panic attack when something goes wrong, just know it's okay. Mm. It's, it's 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 okay. I'm I'm right there with you. I've been there. I've panicked. I'm not above it. No one's above it. You are not less of a person because it happens and it's going to be okay. And the moment that your head clears and you can take that deep breath, I want you to remind yourself you're still worth the time it takes to learn a new skill even if you have that moment of self-doubt. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of you for trying. And I'm proud of you for asking this question, Sam, for a partner that you obviously care so much about. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's my, my Maggie, do you have anything to add there in that one? I no. I think, you know, everything you said was so beautiful. And yeah, I think I would just kind of talk about how you had mentioned, you know, that they're creating a safe space for their partner. And I think that's such a huge part of that learning curve, too, is having that space that it's okay to fuck up. And like you said, it's okay to have those panic attacks and that we'll get through it together. So I think it's a really beautiful question and, you know, what a way to support your partner in that journey. So, you know, I think we could all, you know, do that for our loved ones a little bit more, creating that safe space. I send you all my love and I wish you both very much the best. 
Now, this has been a wonderful episode of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. Uh, I want to say thank you to every single person who called in. If you heard us say things and you were like, that was so wrong, um, you can, first and foremost, you can write a letter to the White House. I don't want to hear it. Um, (laughs) Second of all, if you do want to actually give us a correction or an omission, you can uh, text us at this number. 608-205-8768. Or you can call the same number and we will make sure that we play that correction on mission at some point when hell freezes over. Now, (laughs) (laughs) if you have your own questions and you have your own things that you would like to know about, you can also text us at exactly the same number, which is... 608-205-8768. 608-205-8768. Someday Mercury is going to learn this number. You knew it for like a little bit. I knew it for like two episodes and then instantly <laughs> I forgot about it. But all That's that okay. being said, we always want to hear from you. We love hearing from the audience. Heck, I'm going to be on the road in a few more weeks. If you want to just send in your voice messages and encouragement about me being on the road, heck, I won't be against that. Uh, I love hearing from you. And all that being said, my book is coming out on August 22nd. That's Safe and Sound, a renter's friendly guide to home repair. We are hoping that we are going to be able to sell a massive amount still leading up to the actual book release. We're hopefully already at 50000 by the time you're listening to us. Boy, that's a hefty goal. <laughs> hefty goal she put for herself. <laughs> but we're going to try really hard. We're aiming to make this a New York bestseller. Make sure that no one can refuse to listen to what the book has to say yeah all that being said remember everyone you are most definitely worth the time it takes to learn a new skill bye-bye the theme song was created by roadie walker questions were picked up by our production assistant ziggy a big thank you to our executive producer basil and this podcast was recorded and edited by matthew allen Hag. thank you for listening see you next time if you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us, and you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us keep the pirate ship alive by supporting our sponsors, the wonderful iFixit. They fight for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides to make your life a little bit easier. So grab your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want to. You're worth the time it takes.